Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic, scenic, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we'll be joined by our special guest, Ramona Scott, of Ramona Speaks That's Other Truth in Houston, Texas, bringing us today's topic of client expectations. They will take your calls and offer advice, address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat. Hi, Clifford. I, um, I believe that things are lovely in TDAC. <laughs> Things are lovelier in Teaneck now that the technical glitches have been worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear your voice nice and clear. That's good. Um, it's been a, a quite a week here um, in California, I'll tell you. But um, our biggest news is we are back at CandleMinistry.com. As many of you know, due to COVID and um, losing uh, staff members during the pandemic, we had to suspend our candle services, which we've run for years and years and years. And it was um, a real sadness to us to not be able to perform candle services to people because we get very attached to our clients and we um, set the lights for them, we tend them, we put their petitions on them, we pray over them, we dress them, and then we... uh, send a candle report to them afterwards, giving a diagnosis of how the candle burned, a divination on the on the wax and smoke remains. And we had to stop doing it. And But this um, week, we just started Friday. We lit our first lights for a client. Saturday, orders started coming in. People are picking up the ball and realizing we're back. It wasn't too long. It was maybe four months that we were uh, down, but we're back. And so I'm just real happy to announce that. Go to CandleMinistry.com, and you can order candles, and we will all be happy to serve you. So that's our biggest news. Second biggest news, it's raining. Um, That's always good news in Northern California. (laughs) And in our other news, there has been some real strangeness in the world of natural disasters. Those tornadoes, oh my God. And they both kind of touched a nerve with me. One was the smashing of a town, but particularly the smashing of a candle factory. Now, we never bought our candles from them. They They were a private brand 
a candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, that, you know, you'd buy candles and they would label them with your label on them. And they had a design shop that would do the designs. And and these are the kind of, uh, I wouldn't call them the highest type of candle. They're, you know, they're fragranced paraffin wax candles, basically, is what they are. Mm -hmm. And they come in little cute bowls or containers or what cups or whatever. But um, uh, that was just horrific. People dying in that candle factory Wow. Then the same uh, tornado um, took out uh, an Amazon warehouse, which Amazon loves to call yeah. a distribution center. It's a frickin' warehouse, but they expo and people died in that too, and it exposed how these Amazon quote distribution centers are built. All that were left were these steel poles. The whole mm. sides and, and roof was nothing but, but sheet tin, just like some little favela in Brazil. I mean it was not normal. Mm. And mm-hmm. it just blew apart. And um of course that's a whole issue because there's a loss of life. There's loss of everybody's Christmas presents. There's a loss of millions of pieces of product, all of which Amazon, in their capitalistic greed, does not purchase outright from the vendor. We have to send them that stuff on consignment, and they only pay when it's sold. Now, what do you think? They're going to claim with their insurance company, will we ever get paid? Will the thousands of people who've sent their product to that distribution center be paid? Who knows? Okay? We don't know. It's hard enough getting our money out when they actually sell the products. But now it's really awful. And in both cases, both cases, the Amazon warehouse and the candle factory, they knew these tornadoes were coming. And I will give Amazon credit. They got more people out. The candle factory did not do so well. They just sort of like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. you know, go huddle in a corner. That's not the way to do it. And they are culpable. So, man, now this goes back to, and I'm going to beat you to it this time, Ollie. This goes back to our talk about the (laughs) the coming years in which we talked about labor troubles and we talked about uh, accidents and unusual events. It's it's all, so I'm going to, I don't want to pat myself on the back for being a Cassandra, but here's another example of it. Hmm. So that's my news. Uh, how are things in your world, Conjurman? Yeah, I was watching the tornado news right alongside you. It was really horrific. And, I mean, when you find out that, that you can't always predict tornadoes, but that ample warning and they didn't get people out on time, both at Amazon and in the Campbell factory, is really horrific and tragic. But, yeah, we're we're entering a really weird the next few years, 2020 was the beginning of it. 2020 was mm-hmm. the beginning of it. And then from then on, you're going to see like a massive shift in regards to labor, in regards to work, in regards to our resources, right? I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're rethinking things. What happens when our candles don't last four days, right? I mean, it's not even lasting <laughs> five days anymore. We start to right. ask these questions. What happens when you've got a, these Novena candles that are supposed to be seven days but are actually five days, but now are really four days, but even that four days now, you're not so sure about, right? So right. what happens? Or what happens if John the Conqueror is not easily accessible? Or, you know, these are things that, that are really kind of 
going to be a major theme. This is why we talk about, you know, labor, why we predicted these things. It's not just because we're all little socialists around here, but it's because these things have an impact on our spiritual practice. Whether you're running a spiritual supply shop or you're just doing work for yourself or your clients, they're going to find out what happens when you can't get your products on time. There's going to be months mm-hmm. of delays, years of delays. What happens when that particular product runs out? How do you rethink it? And this is the, you know, the, what happens when you're in a living tradition and also trying to survive the kind of current situation. In more positive yeah. news, if we're, if we're talking labor, more positive news, just as this tornado was the first of its kind crossing like three states, I think is what it was. Four states, I think. History. Four states, yeah. First, first time in American history. For the first time in American history, you have a Starbucks that was unionized. So bad news, good news, it's all labor-related. Keep your eye out on, on the labor stuff because it's going to have an impact on our spiritual communities. That's right. That's right. Well, it's been it's been quite a thing. And down to the personal, labor was what caused us to have to suspend CandleMinistry.com for four right. months. Right, right. And labor right. is what has brought it back. And yep. um, but of course that means candles. And that's why yep. you know, say, oops, yeah. candle factory these gone down. Never, these things are never abstract. It's always our businesses, our practices. You know, people will feel it when they go to light that candle and they go, oh shit, I don't have that herb, and now I can't find that herb anywhere. <laughs> and I can't find the herb. Very... And now I can't find the candle. See, we don't exactly. know the company that made those candles. Um, Mayfield Consumer Products. They didn't even have a name. Mayfield Consumer Products? I mean, come on. What do they make? Brooms, candles, you know, lamps? Who knows? So they made candles. But um, we don't even know where they all sold them to. They sold them to some of those, you know, cheap dollar stores. Is that where it was? Were they selling them to, uh, like I said, Walmart? Um, Were they selling them to... Um, branding them for like Yankee Candle Company, which mm. you know, whatever we don't know, we have no idea where those candles went. I went all over their website looking to see; they don't even have a website. Giant well, candle factory, all those people running shifts twenty four seven. They don't have a website. What they have, not even a is, website. No, what they have is a website called Mayfield Employment, and you, it's where you can sign up to to work for them. That's it. Mm. They are, it's a candle factory in deep cover. Really strange. That's weird. Very <laughs> weird. weird. And meanwhile, the way these buildings just ripped apart and fell apart. Oh. I'm sorry, that's not the America I know. I mean, a tornado is a tornado, but come on. That Amazon thing just was just like a burst balloon. That's all it was, just yeah. a balloon skin. Well, some, it, someone mentioned once um, uh, a colleague of mine whose friend worked at Amazon that they're basically like pop-up warehouses. They're not actual built like traditional old-school warehouses are built to last, mm-hmm. right? Which is why mm-hmm. when they're abandoned, you could see them there for like decades. Have you ever seen an mm-hmm. abandoned warehouse? They last forever, right? Because they're mm-hmm. pretty sturdy. But Amazon builds them like uh, pop-ups, you know, like pop-up mm-hmm. shops that kind of up here that are made out of like tin. They're meant to go up really quickly and then come down really quickly. They do the exact same thing, but with warehouses. And so that they, they just fall apart. They're not designed to last in any way, shape, or form because they're cut in corners and it's cheap. And you really kind of horrifically saw it exposed thanks to mm-hmm. the elements. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it well, it just says something about. 
capitalist greed, as I said before. That's mm-hmm. what it says. Well, we got one other piece of news I want to announce, just real quick. Um, uh, Nagashiva, my dear, loving partner, graphic designer, and fun friend, um, and I have come up um, with a new way to advertise our radio shows. So um, those of you mm. who know that um, I like to make little little square meme-shaped things and put them on Facebook and put them on Instagram, you might notice that this radio show, for the first time, has two, I guess you could call them two memes or two advertisements, dark red background. One of them has the topic and a picture and um, tells about the date and uh, gives you the URL for the show. And the other one will have, always has, the participants and gives you, again, the time and the date and the URL for that particular show. And we're going to be running these for every show. So we hope you all like that. It's all in one little place. Please share these if you have a mind to. And you can pick them up off of Lucky Mojo's Facebook page. You can pick them off of either of my two pages, Catherine Ironwood Brown or Catherine Ironwood Green. You can pick them up off of my Instagram feed, Catherine Ironwood. Please share them. We'd love to have more people come into the chat knowing that it's here, and we love to have people calling in. And that leaves one more thing to say, which is I don't know if you've noticed that in the past few months we haven't had as many people posting that they wanted to call in. I'm sure you've noticed it, Conjurman, right? And we've been taking them straight from the queue, right? And what's all that about? Well, today, while we were putting those beautiful, just blood-red pictures up, I looked at the URL, and it turns out that dear Nagashiva, much beloved, had been posting the 2020 URL the entire year of 2021. (laughs) And And so when anyone clicked it, they couldn't find the show that they were supposed to put their uh, information in. Well, now we know. But oh. we put in, yeah, I know. Well, you know what happens? Nobody proofread it, whatever. We put in the 2021 one, and within a half an hour, somebody <laughs> immediately signed up. <laughs> so, phew, just at the end of the year. Well, mm-hmm. that's what just it is. Tech problems are always a thing. It's just a thing. Tech problems are tech of problems. Life. Yeah. Of All right. Well, we have today as our guest our. Good friend, Ramona Scott, who has her own radio show, Ramona Speaks the Other Truth. If you don't know that show, check it out, listen to it. Uh, You can find Ramona on Facebook. You can find her at all the usual places, but her radio show is Ramona Speaks the Other Truth. Welcome to the show, Ramona. Nice to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, and hello, everyone. Uh, It's just uh, great to have you, and... um, as always, I'm going to ask, how are things where you are in Texas? Well, the weather has been great. I mean, 80s. Don't get mad. Wow. People. And I've been out <laughs> in short sleeves and flip-flops, although it's getting cooler at the night. Um, and it's all quiet, I guess, before the storm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just chill it. Mhm. Well, that's good. That's good. We got all the rain here, and it's very chilly. Yeah, I could use some rain. Unpredictable, <laughs> Nick. Unpredictable to me. So we we uh, always have our guests bring in their own topic. 
And so Ramona has brought us a topic, and I'm going to just introduce it. It is um, the topic that is really of importance to the people who listen to this show who are either hoping to be or are professional readers and people who are clients of readers. And the topic is satisfying client expectations. So this is a two-way street, um, but it's, you know, because the the client has to be a good client. But this isn't a show about how to be a good client. This is a show about how to be not only a talented, gifted, spiritually led reader and root worker, but how to satisfy your clients' expectations. So I'm going to just start with one idea. One way to satisfy your clients' expectations is to let your client know what they can expect. Because if they know what they can expect and you know what they expect, you're halfway there toward satisfying their expectations. It's when they go in not knowing that the trouble sometimes begins. So I'm going to turn this over to you, Ramona. What do you have to say about this topic? Well, first and foremost, it is my belief that a client understands their role in the reading or work that is to be done. And I think that's really important. And secondly, to understand that a genuine reader relies on a connection and an openness with the client. So having said that, um, to understand what what type of service that client is actually looking for. Like, I'm more of a reader, not a spellcaster, but I have had clients that wanted to persist in in me casting a spell or doing banishment spells, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is not my forte. And so um, saying that, to get that, you know, have that understanding with that client from the start. Are they looking for a card reader? Are they looking for a spell caster? Are they looking for a candle worker? You know, mm-hmm. that is ultra, ultra important in my opinion. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, this is exactly um, what I tell people. I'm a reader and a root worker, but I'm not mm. doing much root work these days partly because I'm getting older and I'm focusing more on teaching the next generation. But I will give anyone um, spells, and they can stay on the phone with me as long as it takes, record me, or they can go to the forum and get some written-down spells. They can go to my website and get the spells. I'll tailor make a spell for them right off the top of my head on the phone because that's how good I am. But I probably won't be out at midnight walking around the graveyard burying that thing for them. They're going to have to do that themselves. Mm. So I have I still am a root worker, but I don't take on new clients. Well, one of the things that I tell people is right at the beginning. I say, do you, if you don't want me to read for you and then send you somewhere else or teach you something, maybe we should stop right now because many of them say, well, but you're the, my only help, Miss Cat. I need you to do this spell. And I'll say, well, listen, get a pen and a paper and write it down. So, And then when I 
when I'm done telling them, very often I say, you know, I just saved you $1,200. I just saved you $400. Now you know it. And they go, well, why won't you do it for me? I said, sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm teaching it. So mm. they need to get to know what I offer. They can't believe that they cannot convince me to go out right. to the graveyard at midnight. I, no, you can't convince me to do that. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that for you. I might do that for a client I've known 20 years, a client I've known 10 years. Of course I do it for someone who I know, but not just I'm not taking new people to do that. So one of the other things that you need to be able to be honest about with clients is how much money. Because there are some yeah. of them, when I say I just saved you 400 they go, oh, my God, is that what people charge? And I say, yeah, that is what people would charge for what I just described. And I said, do you want me to describe one that's a $2,000 one? I'll tell you that one, too. And they go, oh, my God, I had no idea. So sometimes you please them if you say the truth about the money and right. say, mm. you know, you can do it yourself. Now, if you want to be a root worker and do that, you also don't want to hit them with sticker shock later. And say, you know, well, I can do this for you, and I promise I can do this and all, but it's going to cost you, and you don't tell them how much. So I like to say, tell what you do, expect from you, and maybe just not give every price for every possible thing, but give them an Mm. idea what they're looking at. That's all. That's my advice. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I think that, you know, there's, Readers that have a genuine psychic ability that don't need anything, any tools at all, and then there are those who have a high degree of intuition. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to to, I don't know. Do you think that you should let the client know beforehand? Um, which area you're working with? Well, you know, at AIR we do that because at AIR mm-hmm. we have a, a, a series of, mm, I guess you could call them topics, of types of spells, conditions and situations. So it says love work, court case work, and so forth. And as a reader at AIR, you sign up for those particular things. When they go to, I want love work, your name will show up on the right as someone who does love work. If your name doesn't show up, mm-hmm. you're you're not there. So we built it that way. But many people don't, don't make that clear. There are people who will not do breakup spells. There are people who will not do court case spells, either for the prosecution or the defense. And mm-hmm. so you, it, it helps to be very clear about what you do. I yeah. also offer so many kinds of divination and every once in a while I just try you know you because I'm reading cards I'm reading cards I'm reading cards every once in a while I say would you like me to use my pendulum they go no please read cards <laughs> yeah. So, yeah um but I I offer it you know I always say this is these mm-hmm. are all possibilities so again at air all the different forms of divination are spelled out, there's articles about them, and you can look who does those things. So that's another good way is to, on your own um, website, and on your own, if you join Hoodoo Psychics, it'll have the same things that there are at air, what you do in terms of divination and what you do in terms of root work. Cliff Lowe in the chat says, I don't do deadly spells. I won't do deadly spells for other people. I will do deadly spells, but only for me and mine. I don't do deadly spells for sale. Um, Onyx Rose said, giving them a menu. That's 
kind of exactly it. Give them a menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's bring Contraman in here too. Contraman, what do you think is important to satisfying clients? Yeah, I think first and foremost is uh, there's a process of, of educating clients on what it is you do and what it is magic actually is. Mm-hmm. I think those these two go hand yeah. in hand with one another. The first part is you've got to let them know what they're getting into. Not everyone knows the comes from a tradition of working with spiritual workers. And sometimes they do, but it comes from a very different cultural background. So, for example, in Voodoo and Conjure, it's very natural to charge money. It's completely normal. It's an exchange. It's perfectly good. But other people come Mm -hmm. from a tradition where that's very weird to them. They -hmm. only think of donations. Well, why is it so expensive? You've got to be upfront. You've got to explain to them what it is you do, not just the services that you offer. That's very important. But also what it is you do. What is is a spiritual worker? What is a root doctor? What is a conjure doctor? What is a a treater, a healer, or whatnot? Whatever you call yourself, whatever form of a healing you provide, what form of spiritual guidance you provide, you've got to be able to explain a little bit about that tradition and what they're getting into, what is expected of them, and what they can expect from you. That way, Mm -hmm. it's a very clear form of communication. You pay a certain amount, and you will get these series of candles lit for you. You pay a certain amount, uh, and I will perform a certain level of pr- certain number of prayers on your behalf. You give a donation a d- amount up to you, and I'll do this. Others, I will give you a herbal remedy. So you have to explain mm-hmm. what it is that they can expect. And then, second, there needs to be a conversation of what it is <laughs> that they're doing. What is the magic? What is the prayer? Um, because people, you know, we're living in the 21st century, and most people's engagement with magic is not generally their family traditions. It's not what they mm-hmm. were raised. It's not even their cultural traditions. It's what they saw on TV and on the silver screen. And so they have an ex- certain types of expectations. I need this person back tomorrow. <laughs> This is a very common thing with reconciliation cases in particular. I need you to cast the most powerful, the most deadly, and I want that person back before his wedding tomorrow. And you go, you you waited a little long there, my dear. (laughs) It's also the reason why we, and I think we can all attest to this, is why you always get the client, I want you to do the intranquil spirit because it's the most powerful. They don't understand. They think in terms of D&D. They think in terms of games, in terms of movies and whatnot. So there needs to be an explanation that what we're doing is invoking, channeling, controlling, directing spiritual forces that have a sort of mind of their own, that are sort of amorphous. Mm -hmm. We can control certain things. We control through intent where we manifest what we desire. If I'm asking for a reconciliation, I'm not going to suddenly get a punch to the face. That's not how it works, right? There's no backfire. There's no whatever you're thinking about. That's not there. But that intention directs it, yet at the same time, we're kind of directing a stream of fire, (laughs) you know? It's not going to be as precise as you imagine it to be. So, for example, you do reconciliation work. That doesn't mean you get a knock on the door, open the door, and your ex-partner's on their knees begging and crying to be taken back. I've certainly had Mm -hmm. cases where I was able to do that with with a client, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to happen 100% of the time. Sometimes it'll start off as a text message. It'll start off mm-hmm. by them calling you. Oh, but he's not begging and crying. But he called you, didn't you? After six mm-hmm. weeks of not talking, he reached out. So there's an element of educating that happens, both in what we do, what right. is expected mm-hmm. of us, what is expected of them, but also what this tradition is. 
educating and informing them on what magic is, it, particularly if you're going to be uh, telling clients what to do on their own. If you're teaching them something, if you're teaching them candle work, part of this is in like playing with, you know, assuaging their anxiety, saying, okay, mm-hmm. it's okay that you don't have a green candle and you're just using a white candle that doesn't somehow make the spell weaker, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a element of like, calm down, take a deep breath. Let me explain what it is we're doing. We're baking. We want exact as much as possible because when things are off, it'll fuck up our baking. But mm-hmm. baking has room for forgiveness in it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have sugar and you reach for brown sugar, it uh, might not be perfect, but you still get what you want, right? But mm-hmm. if you are, you know, if you don't have sugar and you reach for the black pepper, that's going to be a problem. So the element of educating, and that's what that's what I see myself really doing. Like the first thing with clients is like, all right, before we even get into the reading, before we get into the consultation, let me explain what you can expect from me. Let me explain what I expect from you. And then let me give you a brief introduction into what this whole thing is about. Mm -hmm. And that can really go a long way to making sure that there is a positive experience, both for the root worker and for the client. Well, you've hit a a couple of really important ones. Substitutions. I just had a client recently. She had purchased a few oils and in the past, and then she got into a new situation. And she called up and she had a reading with me, and she wanted some spell work to be prescribed. And I told her this, 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 and this. And then she goes, well, I don't Mm -hmm. have any of those. Can I use that, 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 and that? And I'm like, no, no, you cannot use money drying yeah. and attraction oil to drive your in-laws out of town. No. Right. Yeah. And she was, but they're magic. No, no, they're magic okay. for a different reason. And it was, it was sad because I had to say no over and over again. No, right. no, no. Right. But yeah. you know, she was doing the equivalent of, you know, can I use sugar where I should be using red and black pepper? Exactly. No. Yeah. So, but, you know, you have to teach them that. One reason we have the Lucky Mojo Forum, and I want to give a shout-out to you, Contraman, for having spent years on that forum educating people. And Miss Michael um, has also, many of the people who are in the uh, chat here know what I'm talking about. The Lucky Mojo Forum mm-hmm. has really had a lot of help for people, and we spend time doing it. I want to give a shout-out also to Miss Athena and JD, who are currently working at the forum. And... We spend hours every week just telling people, no, no, you cannot yep. use sugar as a yeah. substitute for vinegar. And, you know, it's you just you wonder, um, will it ever stop? That's one reason to publish books. So number one, right. the forum. Number two, books are really good help. Number three, web pages. Back in the day, in the 90s and early 2000s, just putting up a web page, everyone got it. Now they won't even go yeah. to see the web page anymore. And it's it's kind of um whatever. But um all of the people who have worked on the forum over the years and I'm going back to the old days, you know, Miss Bree, Literary Lioness, uh Stars mm. in the Sky Seven. You Remember? really you were um, bringing up the, the Yeah, here. yeah. Papa Newt <laughs> used to work on the forum. Those people's oh, contributions have been going on. That forum has been um, online since 2008. Look it up and um, and get your answers there. Um, right. And um, 
Cousin Joshua says, a lot of folks are focused on a kind of spiritual materialism where they have a very machine-like worldview when it comes to spirituality. So parts can just be replaced, like in a machine. I find it to be a little at odds with a world filled with spirits and plant siblings, but I'm trying to see it as a starting point with new folks. Yeah, and um, the best place, again, where you can get the quick answers if you're a reader who's on the phone with somebody, um, just open yeah. up your phone or open up your um, browser and go to Hoodoo at a Glance. Hoodoo yeah. at a Glance, you don't need a book, you don't need a website. Um, it was written by me and um, a, a guy named Reeve Socratic, who that's a pseudonym, and Papa Newt worked on it. Uh, Shiva's worked on it. It's luckymojo.com mm-hmm. forward slash Hoodoo at a Glance. It will give you quick answers. It's the quickest lookup for things. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. click the links, it'll take you to places with spells that involve those products right. or those herbs. So you can be an instant prescribing root doctor as long as you have access to hoodooetic lands. Yeah. I, I think what Cousin Joshua is really ta- tapping into something really important here is that people do operate in a very different worldview than where magic operates in. This is just a historical reality. It's a shift that society has has experienced. Um, you know, it's also important to understand that there's a cultural component to it. There's absolutely no doubt in the mind of anyone living in India or the Middle East or North Africa that magic exists. Right? There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talk to anyone there, they may not be practitioners, they may not be interested in it, but everybody knows about the evil eye. Everybody, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Whereas, where we can argue that American culture and European culture, in particular, has shifted towards a materialistic understanding of the world that is, in which magic is, is impossible to exist. And so, mm-hmm. I tell clients, it's perfectly fine to be transactional. You don't need mm-hmm. to build a relationship with every freaking spirit in the out there, right? Sometimes you, you you see people who just started out and they're like. This is my this is my Saint Cyprian and this is my Saint Espadidi and this is my Papa Legba. <laughs> Holy shit. Take a deep breath. Why do you have six hundred and fifty five spirits? What is going on here? Right? It's perfectly fine. The the in for on the entirety of world history, most people had a transactional relationship with their spirits. If the spirit worked, they built a beautiful and wonderful relationship. If the spirit didn't, they moved on. Mm-hmm. You didn't beg and plead the spirit if the spirit wasn't going to come through for you or the deity or whatnot. So it's perfectly fine to be transactional, but the key component is shifting from a mechanical worldview in which the entirety of the universe is just a vending machine for you to push buttons in, and that's how magic works, <laughs> to, re- to a relational view in which you're working with life. There's a relationship that needs to be built there. And where do we see this most evidently, I think, is in even trying to get people to understand the rudiments of prayer. So one of the parts of the education that I do is helping a lot of clients figure out how to pray because they pray in a mechanical sort of way. If I say the Mm -hmm. right chant, what word, how do I pronounce this word? Should I say God Mm -hmm. or should I say creator? They think that if they get the mechanics of it right, then it'll work. The vending machine Mm -hmm. will spit out what they want. What they don't understand, that prayer is relational, that prayer sometimes mm-hmm. is just vocalized without any ver- words, speaking mm-hmm. in tongues, speaking in spirit. I grew up in Virginia where that was so common. The Pentecostal mm-hmm. church, my teacher didn't. My teacher prayed very traditional Southern Baptist. But plenty of people around us, when they prayed, you, wouldn't even, you have no idea what they're saying because they're speaking in tongues, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the point here is that it's not a mechanical thing, and, but that's 
part of the training, okay? When you say, I'm going to light up a, a purple candle for success, and then I want you to pray from your heart. Well, how do I pray? Mm-hmm. So there is a part of the, the component of satisfaction is going right back to the basics, keeping things simple, explaining things as if the person has no idea. Don't take for granted the other person's knowledge. And this is a advice for people who are just starting out in root work. Nine times out of ten, when I get a client who is unsatisfied with another root worker, I went to this other root worker and it didn't work out. It's not that the root worker was a horrible worker or they didn't have any gifts or whatnot. It's that they assumed the client had a certain level of knowledge that they didn't. And there's right. a level of just educated. Okay, this is how you light a candle. When you say dress a candle, I understand what that means. Ramona knows what that means. You know what it means. Cliff knows what it means. Mm-hmm. All these people know what it means. Nagashiva knows what it means. But the average person, if I say dress a candle, they're going to look at me like I'm fucking crazy. They don't know what that mm-hmm. means. It's a weird, it's a weird, just explain. Oh, when I say dress a candle, we're talking about using oil. Oh, mm-hmm. put the oil. how do I put it on? Do I just stick my finger at it? Do, you have to explain. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't assume knowledge on behalf of the client. And when you can do that, you start to build a far more fulfilling and rewarding relationship with them. And, and be prepared with be prepared with analogies. They go, well, I yes, saw a spell yes. on the Internet, and it was different than what you just told me. Analogy. There's a million ways to make chocolate chip cookies. Well, shall I dress my candle from top to bottom or bottom to top? Well, what do you want to do? You want to remove something, dress it from top to bottom. Analogy. Think of taking a shower and the water comes down mm-hmm. and goes out the drain. Um, think of, or you want to get something, think of planting a seed and it comes up from the ground. Right? Always have a steady flow of analogies for newcomers. Now, I put in um, three links to air pages in the chat, and I'm going to just call out what they are. There's one called... Um, uh, suggestions for clients. This is how to be a good client, and there's, mm. the link is in the chat. The next one is at air questions to ask your reader, root worker, or conjure doctor. And there are questions that we haven't touched on, and I mentioned one in the chat earlier. What if you are an animal lover and you go to a root worker and they go, "Well, I, I'll have to sacrifice two goats for you," and you go, "Oh my God!" And then you're caught. Do you take it or not? Right? Mm. Or what if you come from a goat sacrificing culture and the person says, I never sacrifice animals. I think it's terrible. That may be the wrong root mm. worker for you. So you have to be very clear about animal sacrifice because, especially with the African traditional religions, many people believe that you're not effective if you're not killing animals. So just something to think about. And the third, um, and that is a question you can ask your reader, root worker, or conjure doctor. Do you sacrifice animals? If you don't like it, mm. don't go to them. And then the third uh, one is called Outcome Times in Reading and Root Work. How long must they have to wait? And there's a web page about that as well. So those are pages that if you, as a reader or root worker, can look at, you can also join here, and um, and they'll be a, you know much more familiar and will help you with your clients. There's mm. one other one at AIR, which is called Contract. And I tell people, and I've mentioned this many times, if you're going to be doing root work for people that's going to take um, a long time and or is going to require them to pay more than one week's gross income for them, whatever Mm. their income is, you probably ought to make a contract with them saying what you do and what can be expected. 
That way you won't end up hating your clients because, you know, they keep on phoning you and they're angry and they need more and more calls. You say you're going to have so many calls. It's in the contract. And Mm -hmm. there's not one way to make a contract. I'm just saying if it's going to cost enough that they are really spending some serious dough, give them a contract. Write your own. There are samples at air, and I've just put the the, uh, link through. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense. Makes sense because there does need to, all in all, there has to be communication between the client and the worker and mm-hmm. an understanding before anything else is done. And mm-hmm. that way, and an understanding also, too, especially in reading, that, you know, what you're reading may not make sense to them or click the first time. So you let them know that it could it could take a day, an hour, or a week before it all makes sense to them or they can see it. And that I is so true. It's important um, mm-hmm. that they understand. Um, and also when it comes to wanting days and time and to specify, to understand, and you get that understanding across to your client that in this existence that we have, there is such a thing as free will and choice. The choices that you make can affect the outcome because even, well, in reading, you know, these are things that are not set in stone, but mm-hmm. they are the possibilities that surround you. Mm-hmm. And you can give them guidance, you know, what their expectations are, but let them know that, you know, eventually it will be the choices that they make as far as the final outcome of mm-hmm. anything that we do, because we are creatures of choices and decision-making. Mm-hmm. Instead of turning mm-hmm. right, we turn left. Mm-hmm. Because we think we can get a, take a shortcut. And the same mm-hmm. thing in, in, in root work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in here with another thing. Um, educated people goes so far, and um, and I like to. I'm I can just go on for hours educating people, but I often find that I need to take into account the client's uh, financial world or the world of accessibility where they live. Mm. So yeah. if somebody calls me up and I can hear from their voice or they tell me that they're young and live at home, I'm not going to say to them, you need to set up a whole altar and do all this stuff. They're not going to be able to. They barely have a bedroom. They have to share right. it with their little sister. So I try to give them spells that use kitchen herbs. Or yeah. if they are an experienced person, a woman calls me up and I recognize from her voice that you know she's a woman past middle age. And, and I'll say think, to her, I'll test, test, test her. I'll say, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? And she goes, oh, yes. And then I'll, I'll go in full 
hog, you know, and I'll say, all right, let's do it this way. And she'll go, oh, good, good, you know, because she knows where we're at. So part of it is to satisfy your customer, you need to know your customer's level of experience. Now, Doc Murphy uh, mentioned what she called ready-made uh, spells. And uh, and we, we talk about spell kits, honey jar kits, and um, things like that that are you know, we sell things like specials, like floor wash special. You don't even need to think about it. You just order the special, and in comes all the parts, and the you're going to do the floor wash, right? And there's a lot of that has always been going on at hoodoo shops. It doesn't mean that people are stupider than they used to be, because it's been, always been going on. But to make a spell kit kind of commits people to a certain way to do the spell, the way you wrote the instructions. Be prepared. They might call you back and say, well, you have this and has to burn for seven days, and I'm going to Hawaii in three days. What do I do now? Well, you have to punt. You have to say to them, okay, you're going to close the spell down and finish it when you come home, or you're going to take some candles with you. But if you can't be lighting candles because you're on an airplane, why are you starting this spell now anyway? But, oh, well, they did, you know. You have to be able to help them think it through. If you give them instructions that are very um, written, you have to be able to adapt on the fly and and help them get through it. A lady called me up just yesterday. She's hysterical, and, and um, Nagashiva knows who I mean. She's like, I I don't remember what you said. Do I put the three black candles in a row? But what about the fourth black candle? And I'm like, hmm. I had told her a square, but she made a row, and now she wanted to know what to do with the fourth one. I said, remember, I told you a square. She, she goes, but I've already got them burning in a row. What do I do with the fourth one? I said, well, you can put it where the middle one is, just a little behind. And she goes, but that's a triangle. And I'm like, yeah, you could move them and make a square. And so, you know, this woman was freaking out because she'd forgotten Mm. that I had said to put the four candles in a square. Mm -hmm. Well, you just have to talk them through it. Now, somebody in the shop, when I was talking to this lady, said, how can you just stand to talk to people like that? Well, the lady had paid me $100 for a reading and the root work instruction, and, you know, so it was okay to, to spend a little more time with her. Also, she had an interesting accent, and I was trying to figure out where her accent was from, somewhere in Eastern Europe. You know, so I was amusing myself. But I ended up saying over and over, a square, a square. And I realized we really had a language issue, so that's mm. another thing. She didn't speak English very well. Square didn't mean anything to her. Finally, she said, what do you mean? I said, you know, like the four corners of a of a box or the four corners of a bed. She goes, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been going around. I had thought this woman must be the stupidest woman on the planet. She just didn't know English well enough. So always keep track of who your clients are and what their base mm. knowledge is. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, um, I, I've got a little note here from Chris Joshua. Clients can really get into work that uses their natural gifts, too, and the work can really sparkle and take hold when you tap into their skills or gifts mm-hmm. when giving them any homework. It's really delightful when that can happen. That's so true, because, Josh, I'm going to give you an example. So lady calls up, and she wants this and that and the other, and I'm telling her, and I know she had very little money, and I said, well, you know, you can use these kitchen herbs, and you can do this and that and the other, and then I just sort of, you know, one of my little psychic 
twinkles, and I said, do you know how to sew? And she goes, yes, I do. And I said, listen, let's just do the whole thing with sewing. Here, let's do it that way. And she was, like, so grateful because it ended up with her sewing a doll. She was like, because I was telling her, you get beeswax, you make this doll. And she's like, ah. And I'm like, do you have some cloth? And she goes, yeah. I said, said, you know what a gingerbread man looks like? She goes, yeah. I said, okay, you're going to make a doll that looks like a gingerbread man. It's about as big as your hand. And she was like, oh, no problem. So you do need to know um, a woman, again, who I had thought was – really slow to understand just turned out I was talking about the wrong tools with her. I was telling mm. her, I was getting all advanced, like, you can take twigs and you can make a feather doll and you can do that, you know, you know whatever. <laughs> then finally I said to her, I said to her, do you cook? And she goes, yeah. I said, a doll in the form of a cookie. And she goes, what? I said, you know, I like a gingerbread man. You can just make a cookie doll. And um, And she goes, Oh my God! I never thought of that. And I said, "Yeah, now you can frost it." And she was, "Oh my God! I could do that." And I said, "Yeah, because you're going to be using these herbs in the cookie dough and these spices." And she was like, "Oh!" And I said, "You know, it it really is folk magic. It's not something mm-hmm. you need to be an initiated priest to do." <laughs> so, cousin Joshua was right. When you know somebody's skills, you can really teach them faster. Yes. Now, another thing is about dates and timing. If somebody and some clients are not good clients, so um, you're going to send them some bath crystals, and you're going to say, I want you to just, you know, for the minute, I'm going to make these bath crystals, I'm going to send it to you, and I want you to call me when you get the bath crystals. I'm going to be lighting candles. They've already told you, say, that they can't light candles, but I want you to take a bath, and I want you to do this and that and the other, and I want you to use this oil and so forth and so on. And then they never call you back. Two weeks go by, and they three weeks go by, and they call you, and they say, well, did you do the spell for me? And I say, did you take the bath and call me? Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So have I failed to satisfy them, or have they failed to satisfy me? We've kind of drifted apart there, and I'll start all over again. You've got to be very patient. Now, remember, you're going to take a bath, Take that bath tomorrow morning, and then I want you to call me and tell me you've taken the bath. Then I'll light the candles. So you have to make sure they're on the same page with you. And some um, clients are never going to be good clients, and it's because they are addled in their mind for one reason or another. Some clients are never going to be satisfied, and there are two kinds. There are those who are confused or addled, and then there's those who are actually criminal clients. And I'm just going to throw that last little idea in. We have had criminal clients. These people just go around ripping off readers, ripping off root workers, ripping off candle ministries. They exist. So if you are a professional, it helps to keep in mind that not every client really comes to you um, with, a, with a real true heart. Just, you know, they are common, but criminal clients do exist. Right, right. I think uh, another crucial component of, of, you know, making sure that clients are are satisfied is is the follow up, and that mm-hmm. is that once you when you reach out so in this in this instance where a client is like, um, you know, hey, did you ever do the the spell work? You followed up. Did you actually do the bath? This is crucial. Is that that you're not just performing work on a person's behalf. You're also their counselor to a certain extent. 
And so, you you know, you've got to be able to follow up with that client. You've got to be able to say, hey, did you do that thing? Don't just assume that clients do it. You don't just assume it because at the end of the day, without that follow-up, they never do their end of work. Did you bury the bottle that I sent you? Did you bury the bowl? Mm-hmm. Did you wrap up that thing that I gave you? These, this follow-up is very, very crucial. And this can be established by right in the very beginning. When you are talking to a client and you are explaining to them what you're going to do, there needs to be a very clear explanation of what you expect them to do and also what the levels of communication will be with you going forward. I'm going to call you in, in a month, or you're going to call me back in a month, and we're going to check, did you bury that bottle that I sent you? Did you do the bath that I sent you? So sending mm-hmm. these things out in advance saves you a headache down the line. But at some point, there needs to be also be a recognition that you can fulfill your end of the bargain, you can fulfill your end of the work, but if the client doesn't do it on their end, there's really nothing else you can do. You can guide, you can counsel, you can advise, you can push them even a little bit. But beyond that, that's it. There's really nothing else. If you tell a client that they need to take a bath, and six weeks you're gonna, we're going to have another call in, they're going to call you back, and they're going to check in and go, okay, did you do your bath? No, I didn't do it. Can you do the reading for me again? All right. But <laughs> let's, let's set up another time. Two weeks from now, I want you to call back in and let's check in. Two weeks from now, they call back, oh, did you finish the bath? No, I said, but could you still finish that? At that point, you have to make it very clear. You can't just string along a client. You've got to be like, look, I'm happy to do these readings for you. But going forward, your work is likely not going to succeed because you're unable to take this bath. I gave you six weeks. Now we've got two more weeks. We're now on week eight. We're two months down the line. I've done mm-hmm. this light. I've, put, I've light the candles. I've said the prayers. I've done everything but I sent you this bath and you haven't finished this. So it needs to be very clear. You set the expectation up very early on. You let them know what they're supposed to do, what they need to do. Follow up with them is crucial, but then also recognize that at some point you've done your work and it's done. Mm -hmm. The door has to be closed. Part of dissatisfaction can sometimes fall into the trap of just one more candle. Just one more reading. Just one. Mm-hmm. Before you realize it, you're in a toxic relationship over eight months <laughs> with a client. <laughs> and so the, there needs to be an acceptance at some point that you're done. The door is closed. We now move on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so true. I'm going to throw in another idea about satisfying client expectations. Most clients do not come to a reader or root worker because they want to be treated like they're in boot camp. I know many mm-hmm. readers, and I guess Contraman and I could name them privately, who treat their clients as if they were in boot camp. Yep. And they call yep. it tough love, but it's not love at all. It's just tough. And most clients who come to you want help. They mm-hmm. would go to a therapist. They would go to a social worker. They would go to a doctor. They would go to a dentist, and they would expect courteous treatment. And there are root workers who really, I don't know what's up with them, but they get off on trying to shame their clients and make their clients feel bad. And I don't mean they they shame them for all the things that people are shamed for. They shame them for actually wanting help. And they tell them things Mm. like, 
you don't really need magic. What you need is psychological therapy. You know, I mean, they'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll pull the script out from under the the poor client who thought they they were coming to a root worker. But they'll also things say things like, and there's another whole type of boot camp. You must do what I say to the litter, or else, and never call me after 8 p.m. Right? I mean, it's just, and it, mm-hmm. they're not friendly. I mean, I would say to somebody, well, my hours, you know, I, I, I uh, at 7, you know, p.m. I go to get my dinner. So how about don't call me after 7? That's what I say. If they call me after 7, I say, you know, honey, I told you I'm I'm at dinner right now. Call me tomorrow. You, t- you use nice phrases with people. If they're going to be checking in with you, try to make it so they cannot fail. Give them a time to call you. But if they if they blow it, if they violate it, if they all of a sudden message you on Facebook, oh my God, you won't believe what happened today. And you know you don't have a reading schedule with them. You say, I'd, uh, I, um, tell me about it briefly. Or, you know, just, yeah, go ahead, tell me about it. And when they do, you say, wow, well, if you'd like to talk about it, you know what, I'm, what my hours are. Always be nice to people. Don't be so horrible to them. I know people who've, who've built a reputation about being like a, a marine drill sergeant or something. I mean, they're, they're just, that's not a good way, you know? It's not a good way to be a helper. So that's my that's other true. thing. That's true. And I found, you know, I, there's only one client that brings me to that point, and that's the one client that I'm more than happy to send elsewhere. Because, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I just... That was so nicely put. <laughs> and, and that's all that I can do because you are going to run into clients mm-hmm. that are never satisfied, mm-hmm. won't do what you tell them to do, will always put their spin on it. And, and it's just like fighting tooth and nail the whole step of the way. Mm-hmm. And... It's best before you get to the point where you're upset, just send them to someone who is a lot more patient, like Kat. <laughs> I'll take them all. But um, the, uh, send them to someone who's patient or send them to somebody who matches them in other ways, who may be culturally matched, gender right. matched, gender right. preference matched, uh, may be religiously matched, you know, People people come to me, and I just I realize right out the box that we're we're in a different um, plane. You know, we're just different right. existences. I I don't mean like a plane, like how high one is compared to the right. other, but we're just in different realms. And right. I I never am embarrassed to ask somebody. Um, well, I never say what is your religion. I always say what religion were you raised in. That's a good phrase to remember because they'll tell you the truth about religion they were raised in. And if their religion is not compatible with the way I work, I'll tell them so. I said, you better find, you know, you might want to find someone who works in according to that system. All right, we're out of time. Boy, I could go on for hours, and I know we all have many more gems of wisdom we could share. Um, but I'd like to get to doing what we said we were going to do, which mm-hmm. is satisfying a client. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to bring us our client. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our client today is Tamara, in, calling from area code 619. Tamara, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, welcome. Um, you said on the forum... Um, I work in the uh, adult-slash-sex industry. Things have been up and down as far as business and money coming in. I live in a very rich city and love what I do, but my ultimate goal is to find my whale or a couple. I've had a, a lot of splendid daddies giving me a little money here and there, but will I find my real sugar daddy soon, or will I have to keep adding up the splendas? And um, you indicated you have had no readings on the situation in the past, so I'm turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Hi, Tamara. Um, Hello. I I love the idea of Splenda Daddies. <laughs> That's great. You got everyone. You got everyone laughing in the chat room about that. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions before we um, go to the readings. What is your sign of the zodiac? I'm a Taurus. A Taurus. Okay. Good for sex work. And um, and. Um now the other question is uh, you say you've been you've been doing this it's been up and down about how old are you we're just generally speaking it's 20 late 20 say that again late 20s late 20s all right you got you got quite a bit of a career ahead of you and i don't think it's going to end soon um you are also in your Saturn return time period, so, you know, that's another issue. Um, it often can lead to financial difficulties for a Taurus. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Conjurman for the first reading. Ramona will do the second reading, and I'm going to give the root work advice. So, Conjurman, how about it? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to give you some uh, root work advice. Uh, just a quick clarifying question: uh, How long has this situation been going? Like, that you were getting these splendid daddies, as you called them, and not exactly what you were looking for? Going about um, about a year. Okay, so about about a year. Okay, so uh, there are a couple things to be aware of. First and, and foremost, uh, just because you're, you're a Taurus, uh, you should be aware that the ruler of your sign, Venus, is in uh, uh, Capricorn right now, which is not a bad place for it to be, in particular if you're looking for sugar daddies, but it is going to be retrograde very soon and going to be retrograde for quite some time. Uh, Venus is very slow in Capricorn, and it's been there for a while and will be there for a while. Uh, so that's going to hamper a little bit your your magical opportunities to draw in the sugar daddy that you're looking for. And so it probably won't be until Venus comes out of retrograde that you'll start to see a big shift there. Um, Venus does have a triplicity rulership. There's a, uh, I mean, a term rulership in uh, Cap- uh, Capricorn, so particularly when Venus is in its own term. 
there's a really good opportunity there for you to do some magic. So you might be mindful of that in terms of some type of electional work that you do. You're going to have to wait till Venus comes out of retrograde when Venus enters into its own terms. Then you can go ahead and do this magical work to draw in uh, a sugar daddy. Venus in Capricorn is uh, love of older people anyway. So that's a one thing to, to be mindful of. Uh, the other is that you are in your, your Saturn return, and that's just naturally going to delay things a little bit. Uh, generally, we find that people who are looking to make some type of career for themselves, some type of success, will find it after their Saturn return. So be mindful of that. Now, I've pulled three cards here to see, will you be successful? And the very first card is the Nine of Cups. And the Nine of Cups speaks a little bit to yourself. You're a person who wants uh, their cake and eat it too. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. We should want, you know, we should never settle. We should want what we want and we should have satisfaction from it. This is a merchant who's sitting on their little chair on their bench and behind them, they've got all their little goblets lined up. And it is an indication of a person who gets what they want, who desires something and is not willing to settle for anything less than that. So the splendors adding up may be a, a situation that you're experiencing for a little bit now, but that doesn't mean you have to settle, that your mind is headed in the right direction, and that is to find yourself an actual sugar daddy or a very good patron and generous patron who will be able to support you financially, emotionally, materially the way that you want. So the intention here is good, and keep that intention clear that that's what you want. Don't hesitate, don't doubt be like, this is what I want, a person who is going to be generous, who's going to fulfill my needs financially, uh, and whatever else needs you've got there. That's the intention. The present circumstance is the five of wands, and that is competition, conflict, delay, uh, and restlessness. These are all sorts of factors that are working against you. The five of wands is not an issue of saying a person is cursed or crossed or whatnot, but it does indicate that there is what I call spiritual noise that's going on. There is more going on in your life than you may be aware of. There may be competition. There may be tensions. There may be a little bit of evil eye even happening here. But what it means is that you're on a sort of level playing field with other people, and you're not coming out on top. You're not victorious. You're sort of even, evenly matched. And that's a problem. It's part of the sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship involves some element of power. While most think financial power rests in the hands of the sugar daddy, a good deal of power also rests in the sugar baby, right? And the ability to mm-hmm. elicit that type of response from, from a person is a very powerful act. It's a in many ways, a very subversive act that flips it on its own, its own right? Uh, so there's, everything, there's an element of power here that is lacking. And so any type of working that you're going to do needs to address that power component. So it's not enough for you to be doing pay-me work. It's not enough for you to be doing five-finger grass stuff. You should have Queen Elizabeth root. should have some element of power, domination, strength involved in it. So I'm just, I'm just signposting here for Kat, who's going to come in and give mm-hmm. you some good work advice at the end. But there needs to be a power shift here. You need to increase your power, not just money-drawing work, but increase your power, and that's going to be the key to the success. Once you start to elevate yourself above the rabble, so to speak, that's when you'll start to see people really step forward as sugar daddies and open up their wallet and be more generous. Right now where you're at, it's too evenly matched, and so that's why you're ending up with these Splenda Daddies. The good news is 
that the outcome here is positive, and that is the four of wands. The four of wands shows us two individuals off in the distance, and they're raising their hands up in success. It's actually an image of a Roman wedding. You can tell by the red garment that Romans wore red to their weddings. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, they're celebrating. This is an indication of finding someone who will be a partner for you in the way that you want, a sugar daddy in the way that you want, more than one perhaps, but you'll be able to narrow out the splendid daddies. You won't have to connect all these little cups. You won't have need to connect all these little smaller amounts. You'll be able to get a nice, generous support from a very good patron, a very good sugar daddy. It will, however, take time. This does indicate that you won't see success until probably the springtime, which also matches up with the movement of Venus that I was mentioning here. So it's going to take a little bit. Things are moving slow. You're currently in a little bit of a uh, situation, a bit of a rut that needs to be changed through changing the power dynamic spiritually, and then the result of which, yes, you will find the sugar daddy that you are seeking. So the overall answer is a positive one. I'm going to turn this over to Ramona, who's doing the next reading, and then you'll have Ms. Kat give you root work advice. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. I am uh, trying new cards out. I'm reading you from uh, the Archangel Michael card. And before um, you got on, uh, I looked at your name, went into meditation, and pulled the card. And the first card that I pulled for you is the financial assistance. So it it goes with what you ask. And what it is telling me is that. There will be a windfall of money coming or debt clear, um, your uh, new job, bill paid, whatever, is going to come out and it's in the works now. It's on its way. It's a situation that is going. You may be guided to um, change up a little bit of your strategy or what you're doing now, but money is purely and simply an energy, and I am seeing that it is going to arrive from expected and unexpected sources, okay? And then <clears throat> the advice that I have for you uh, is that Archangel Michael is handing you an energetic key, and this is a sacred key that blesses you with the gift of courage, and that's what you'll me during this this waiting period and you have to make sure that you have the confidence and the clear decision making um, and also call on your independence and creativity to start the ball rolling uh, into effect. Do not just rely on another person because on my psychic eye I am seeing that your, what you are seeking is going to come from you writing about your experiences in your life. And that, I am being told, is going to be the key to your success. And I have a, a mantra for you that I put into the room. Uh, here's the um, spelling. But if you start saying this at times, then everything 
and anything that you want is going to come your way because it is in the works. But you will be surprised that it will be your own talent that will bring your financial, true financial success to you. And the sugar daddy or the the partner will come along with that. In fact, I am seeing that it may be someone to help you get this work published. And that's what I have for you, my dear. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to look at this from the standpoint of what we see to be an impediment, which is Venus going retrograde. And um, and there's been some great suggestions also in the chat room. Um, Onyx Rose is on top of it. Uh, going Jezebel, Cleo May, yes, yes, <laughs> and um, and there is a um, an idea here for me is that I'd like you to put together something during the time when Venus is retrograde. It's going to go retrograde on the 19th of December, so you want to work pretty quickly to start this because you don't want to start it when Venus is retrograde. Okay. So I'd like you to get yourself some piece of jewelry, or I prefer that you get a set of jewelry, a ring, a bracelet, a necklace, you know, something of that nature. And it can be made um, with any of the green stones associated with Venus. Of course, emerald is the expensive stone. Um, Coral is good. Pink coral is good. And... um, Cowrie shells make good um, jewelry for Venus, but um, uh, peridot or peridot, if you want to pronounce it the French way, is good, and uh, which is a green olivine. There are other ones that are used for Venus. Uh, green jasper is also used. Any green stone, and I would um, get you know just go online and buy some good-looking jewelry. You're going to be um, photographing yourself in this jewelry. Don't make it too tacky looking. Now, you're going to want to get some of the herbs that go along with Venus. Now, the one that goes absolutely 100% with Venus is, of course, the rose. The red rose, the pink rose, any of the the ones that are on that red to pink scale of roses. You're going to get some of that. Now, another thing associated with Venus is cherries. So some people use cherry bark. You can use a cherry scent, uh, cherry leaves, and um, anything of that nature. Um, You can also use um, any of the plants in the rose family, which are things like apricot or, um, oh my gosh, there's just so many of them that are in the rose family. You know them all. They all have five petals. And any one of those will be associated. Almond is another. Um, they're all associated with Venus. And you can make yourself um, a little herb mix with these Venus uh, herbs. And then another plant that's associated with um, Venus is five-finger grass. Because five-finger grass is actually... In the rose family, a lot of people don't know that. And so five-finger grass will bring in the money. So you want to put a little of that in. So you can make yourself this little herb mixture. You can make yourself a um, uh, 
get yourself some jewelry, and you're going to make an oil. Just make it with whatever you have to put together. I have a feeling, Tamara, you know how to do this a little bit, right? Yeah, You've I done do. this before. Yeah, okay. So you're going to make yourself a, an oil. You're going to put in some rose fragrance and put in, just pack it with the various things. Now, there are some um, raspberries, another one. There are some um, rose family members that are not so uh, cute, like blackberries, a little thorny. Roses have thorns, too. And you're going to make yourself this all-rose um, genus oil. Pack those things in, and you're going to add to it Jezebel oil, and you're going to add Cleo May oil. Jezebel is for um, the you know the the queen who was uh, known for her displays of fashion, and Cleo May is to get tips from men. And then I'd also like you to get a, a little bit of um, the Jezebel and Cleo May powders because you're going to be dosing your makeup. You're going to be dosing your shampoos or anything that you use as body products, body washes, either with the oil that you make and with or with the powders that companies like mine make. And you're going to be able to address these things during the time when Venus is retrograde is when all of this is going to brood. It's just going to sit there and brood. Right? When Venus goes direct, that's when you break it out and use it. That jewelry that you that you've purchased, you're going to be um, wearing it, the oils, all of those things. You're going to make them for the whole. It's, whatever excuse it me, is. so I don't use it now, or no, just later. no, 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 oh. no. You're going to start. You're going to start it before December nineteenth, and you're going to you're going to make this and and kind of brood it and 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 brew it and let it mingle together um, until. Venus goes direct, which is, uh, I believe I put it in the chat. I think it's January 29th. On the next day, you can start wearing and using it. In other words, you're going into hibernation a little bit. You're building your Venus power because what Contraband said is, no use trying right now. Your power isn't there yet. Okay? Mm-hmm. J- January 29th, that's when you're going to break it out. You're going to wear the jewelry. You're going to buy, buy yourself some, you know, a piece of green clothing or a bow for your hair. Uh, get get something, get some new photos made of yourself. Wear some of that makeup that you've prepared with some of those Jezebel and Cleo May stuff. But just do all your homework and get everything made. And on January 30th, and the day after, when it, it stations direct and then it goes direct, that's when you're going to come back with full power. Okay? That's how I would do it um, because you don't want to be working on it when Venus is retrograde. Mm-hmm. Now, the things that are in here, like five-finger grass, is often used for money. And you can add a little bit of money drops to it, too, if you want to. Wealthy Way is really good to add to Cleo May and Jezebel. But I want you, because I know you know what you're doing, and I know your name. I recognize your name, hon. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to be um, doing your, your stuff while you're in this sort of hibernating phase while Venus is retrograde. You can't make progress while Venus is retrograde. Does that make sense? Do you get the message? I hope so. (laughs) There's our music. And I wish you all the best. Oh, you might want to add a little bit of sugar to that, too, or honey, Mm. because, you know, she wants the sugar daddies, not the splendid daddies. All right. Um, I guess it is time for our amazingly pre-scheduled announcement about the Lucky Mojo Radio Network. 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas. Take it away, Ramona. Is this for uh, the free spell? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is a money spell um, to draw money to you. Very simple. And um, you carve and dress a green candle to express your desires. Place it on a saucer. Arrange coins around the base of the candle. Light the candle and chant, money grow, money flow. Candle burn, watch me earn, money grow, money flow. Uh-oh, did we lose Ramona, or is she just quiet? Oh, no. Did, did you lose me? Yeah, we just, you, you cut out for a moment. I think, yeah, I think we lost your sound for a second. Um, oh. Could you repeat, just repeat that chant, Okay. Money grow, money flow, candle burn, watch me earn, money grow, money flow, flames shine, now what I want is mine. And that's it. All right. Now, this, I'm going to try to relate this. That's a really good old spell. You know, that spell, I'm just going to say something. That spell reminds me of a lady who was a teacher when you and I were young, uh, Ramona, named Anna Riva. That's a, a spell mm. very much in the style of Anna Riva. I don't know if, where you learned it from or if it came out of uh, spirit to you. But it's her style, and I, I used to love her work. She was a, a very good perfumer. Um now, I want to relate this to our topic of satisfying clients. So this is a spell to draw in money. I'm going to add to it a little bit of surroundings to satisfy clients. So there are many ways to satisfy a client. One is to be the best root worker you can be. So you might add a little bit of psychic vision oil or spirit guide oil, or Indian spirit oil, depending on how you work. Or if you work with the saints, or if you work with God Almighty, or if you work with a particular spirit, um, archangels or whatever, you add a little bit of that to those oils, right? So the power of Mm. that will be with you. Another way to satisfy clients, and we talked about this before, is to have them be calm and peaceful and to treat them in a calm and peaceful manner. So you can put out a little bowl of water and put a few drops of Peaceful Home or Money House Blessing or something calming 
tranquility oil, wonderful one to use. And um, just put that in to perfume the room. Some people will use those diffusers, and you just, you know, can put a little of the uh, conjure-type hoodoo oils in the diffuser. Some people will put a little bit on a light bulb and set the scent out. One of the old ways I know of working was to set out four little bowls, like a little small bowls, four little bowls in the four corners of the room where you do your readings. Even if they don't come in in person, you're in that room, and you put those four little bowls out just for the time that you're reading there, and you put a few drops of some spiritual oil in there. So now you've got your money candle, but you've also got a a realm of spirituality around you. Yeah. So, and another way to keep um, clients satisfied is through clarity. So, if you have a client situation where they walk in, it's a good idea to put a little bit of clarity oil on the doorknob. They open the door, they touch that clarity oil, they come in, they're going to speak more clearly, you're going to speak to them, they're going to hear you. So that's another good way to work. I've also known people who take psychic vision powder and um, sprinkle that on a little bit on the sheets of paper where they take their notes. You know, I'm going to take my notes about what this client has to say or on my business card, right? Give it to them. There are many ways to dress and prepare a space to satisfy your clients. Satisfy yourself with the money Satisfy your clients with these other things, clarity, tranquility, even crown of success. What do you think, Conjurman? Yeah, I love working with like these that are just simple, straightforward candles with prayer. Um, I'm, I'm not a big candle user, as people on the radio show know. I'm, I'm an old school jar type. But when I do prescribe <laughs> candles, it's very much like this. I'm not a big believer in these kind of complicated, with the exception of the skull candle, which I love. But in general, mm-hmm. I'm not a big believer in like oh, these complicated, you need 65 different types of candles and you need to do certain, like you, I'm a big candle and a saucer with some coins and a prayer. <laughs> like that, that mm-hmm. goes a long way in my opinion <laughs> um, and, and gets uh, quite a bit done. The, the one thing I, I wanted to ask uh, Ramona, and maybe she can clarify this a little bit, would you recommend a particular day to start this type of working? And should it be repeated uh, a certain number of days? Or, or what would you recommend in regards to that? I would recommend, like, when I use it, I just use it once a day and let the candle burn down into the coin. Hmm. I just leave it burning. Mhm. And I say it in the evening. Mhm. It's so interesting. See, everyone has their own little ways of doing it. That's a very good way. Mm-hmm. I tend to be someone, just from maybe my frugality growing up as a child in poverty, I didn't like to light candles in the daytime. It seemed like a waste of candles because <laughs> they cost money. So I tend mm. to light my candles, you know, right around. Uh, you know, right around sundown. But um, but I met many people when I was young who'd say, burn a candle twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. And I'd say, all right, I got it. it was it a little bit of a, a hard thing for me to light a candle in the morning? 
I couldn't quite bring myself to it. And even to this day, I would prefer to light a candle in the evening. That's just me. Mm. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you're working out of a a psychic reading shop or office, it um, sometimes you can't, um, you know, choose when to do it. Do it in the morning before the customers come in and make the place right. inviting. Burn the candle in the morning. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, this has been a wonderful show. I really know that we have a lot of followers of our show who want to be professional readers who follow the show to learn how. So I hope we've given you all some good advice, useful advice. I hope you took notes. The chat log will be made live soon and uh, in a day or two. And you can always listen to these shows in archive, of course. I'm going to turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to sign us out, and we'll come back and say goodbye. Excellent. Thank you, Ramona Scott of Ramona Speaks the Other Truth in Houston, Texas, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be uh, Miss Mikkel of Hoodoo Foundry in Willis, California, bringing us the topic of moving candle spells. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflowe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. And um, I realize if I were to put two people together in a room, it wouldn't be you and Will Shade, who's the leader of the Memphis Drug Band. You two need to meet each other in some Akashic other place. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, well, I'm a great fan of the Memphis Drug Band. Um, I know the reason I'm laughing about this, folks, is that Clifford is well known for his interest in goth culture and goth music. So... (laughs) Like, I used to be a goth promoter back in the day. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you used to waltzing. I know we will. All right, <laughs> folks. Uh, big news is CandleMinistry.com is back on. So uh, go over to CandleMinistry.com and order those candles. Give us a reason to get up in the morning and light candles in the morning. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Good night. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye bye.